I was thinking this morning, you know, when, when I just prepare messages, it really is all around the Word of God, Jesus, the living Word. And I get excited about the, the messages because of the Word that comes and the individual verses that make up the part of a message. But really, it is the Word of God that comes alive. And I, I was just thinking this morning, it's kind of like, <clears throat> do you have your favorite food that you like? And when you eat that favorite food, do you like chew maybe 28 times each bite? Because you want to use your taste buds to uh, just absorb all the flavors in your favorite food. And uh, to me, it's like that the Bible, the Word of God is like that. When you, when, um, like on Sundays, when I give you different scriptures, hopefully there are scriptures that are resonating in your heart and you start meditating on them. And it's kind of like using your taste buds, your spiritual taste buds, is when you meditate on a scripture. You might take a scripture home and look more in depth about the meaning of certain words that feel like they're really coming into your heart. And it's like that same thing. You're, you're savoring the word of God. You're giving it a chance to uh, kind of like metabolize inside of your spirit to drop from your mind and your intellect into your heart so that it becomes alive and it feeds you and you find a joy or you find like a, a fulfillment or you find something that you're even being able to put your faith into. Well, the title of this morning's message is Jesus the gift one must have. Okay, this is the time of year. Come on, aren't gifts in our face? I mean, the, uh, constantly on the TV, all the advertisements. If you listen to anything on the radio or in the, uh, the stations, the, there's always the plugs to buy this, get that, you know, hurry up, get your last-minute deals. And then there's the, you know, the um, after Thanksgiving, the Black Friday specials, and then, then the, there's the, uh, the cyber specials on Monday. And then, I mean, we're bombarded by things you know, to, to get our gifts and to get the things that we want and to get things for people that we care for and things that we know they want. So gift giving is so big this time of year. Um, when you think about gifts, have you, can you think of a favorite gift that you've, you wanted and you got? Yeah, all of us have memories about certain things that we wanted and that we got. Any got a, ever got a gift that you didn't like it and you still have it? Yes! I was a little kid. I was probably maybe eight or nine years old. I wanted a little Brownie Star Mike camera for, my, for Christmas. And I was so excited. And I opened this box that I thought was the camera. And it was this little porcelain chuck wagon, little porcelain wagon that you could put like keys and stuff like that in. I still have it in my junk drawer. And that was the most disappointing gift I ever had. And I can't believe why I still have it. Anybody have a, a gift drawer where you put stuff that, yeah, but it's in the gift drawer? Yeah? No, you guys aren't too honest this morning. Anybody have a gift drawer for those gifts that you didn't really want? Yes. No. Okay, you guys are good. I have a gift drawer, and I, someday I should just clean it out and get rid of everything. But it's that thing where, you know, there's gifts that, have really meaning for us, and there's gifts that, that don't really have much of a meaning. Well, we're, obviously we're talking about Jesus today, the most important gift that we can get, and that's Jesus. Our, our um, key scripture today, <clears throat> excuse me, is Isaiah 9, 6, the first part of the verse. God prophesied through Isaiah, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That is a verse to meditate on, that you have been given the most incredible gift, the most important gift that you could ever receive is Jesus Christ. 
and unto you he was born. Unto you Jesus the Son of God was given for your salvation, for your peace, to have him living in your life, going through your day, going through everything you go through, even the bad times, even the times of grief and sorrow, the up times when you're flying high because everything seems to be going your way. That's what Jesus is for. He's to be a constant friend. Unto you, unto me, a son was given, a child was born. God loved us so much that he gave Jesus his son. Talk about a father giving you a gift. Had another special gift. Okay, back in my day, it was, you know, uh, you watch the westerns on TV. There's all kinds of cowboy shows and everything. And so as you're a little kid, you want a six-gun, right? Well, back in the 50s, there was this gun called the Fanner 50. Mattel made it. And it was so awesome. It had these roll caps that go in it, and it would shoot. had little bullets and everything. And I wanted it so bad, right? This is the one Christmas, I think, that stands out for me, that I got that for Christmas. And I thought I was so happy that I had received that gift. It, I have to tell you, like I said, it was the most important gift I ever wanted for Christmas, and I got it. Now, I often think about, what happened to that gift? What happened to that gun? Where did it go? You know, I don't ever remember getting rid of it or throwing it away. I never remember it breaking or anything, but I never know where it went. And it's interesting how gifts that we want or like, we get them, but then they either get old or disappear, or we give them away. But Jesus, the Son of God, a gift given to us, he's always with us. But like some of our gifts too, some of our best gifts, sometimes... We neglect them. Sometimes they get displaced by other things that come into our lives to take, our pl- take its place. And I think about society today and technology and the world that the Bible talks about. It's, you know, the Bible says that the world in its form are passing away, and yet the world is always trying to entice us with the latest gadget, the latest thing. And they got us going electronically where we have to keep upgrading our computers and our phones because they changed technology on us and we were forced to get the next new thing. And then I don't know about you, but some of the stuff is so technically challenging, I can't even figure it out. I have to get my kids or a younger person to tell me how to do the simplest things. And I think sometimes those things can be a distraction from the greatest gift we have, which is Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you today that you might really rediscover the gift of Jesus. That you would realize he is the most important gift that you've been given. The gift above all gifts. And that you would kind of get back into just really rediscovering and developing who that gift is. Kind of the definition from the Strong's from uh, this Old Testament scripture is the first word is apply. You might say that Jesus was applied to us by God. He applied Jesus upon us as a gift. It says that another definition or another word is appoint. God appointed Jesus to be over us and to be in our lives. Another word is ascribe. God ascribed Jesus to us as a gift. Assign. Ever been assigned a helper? Maybe you're going through school, you get assigned a special teacher, uh, maybe um, 
one of those um, helper teachers that is in a room to help you learn something. You got especially something assigned to you. God assigned Jesus to us to be with us. What about bestow, like an honoring thing? When you think we were born in sin, we were separated from God, that God bestowed, God honored us by putting Jesus upon us to be a gift to us. And the last word for that definition is to bring. God brought Jesus to us. Can you think of that moment when you were drawn to him or that season of time when you started feeling God's love or just the spiritual thing started awakening you? In James 1.17, it says that every good gift and perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father. Every good gift. Do you know Jesus is a good gift? You know, we've got some bad gifts sometimes. We've got some gifts we don't understand, can't figure out. But Jesus is a good gift. Jesus is a perfect gift. You know, sometimes we look for, we have a person that we think, ah, they're pretty picky, they have everything, what am I going to get them? Jesus is the perfect gift. The next thing is the gift. In John 4.10, Jesus answered and said to the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. That's a good question for us today. If you knew the gift, how many times are we stressing about something or worrying about something, but we're ignoring the gift that's been given to us, the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of Jesus, God's Son? The woman at the well was obviously unaware of the gift that Jesus was talking to her about. The gift of knowing. If you knew the gift, did you know knowing is a gift? I think in the, in the natural world, we're always trying to find out the answers to things. In technology and in companies, they're always trying to find out what's wrong with their products. They want to know how can we do a better job at work? What kind of challenges are given to you to know your job or to know how to give answers for your corporation or how to make things run better? Knowing is a gift from God. Knowledge is from him. Wisdom is from him. And we know also knowing was kind of a key that uh, Satan used on Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, when you think about Eve, how she knew Adam in the garden. Adam knew God in the garden. But Satan kind of threw that lie out there that they didn't really know everything that they could know. And we know that they were tricked into partaking of the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because they thought God was holding out. And we know they lost something so precious, and that was their relationship with God. They lost their ability to know God. If you knew the gift of God, the gift of God is himself. It's relationship with God. But it comes to us through Jesus. Sometimes we forget who Jesus, our gift from God, is. Again, you have to keep taking time to be aware of this gift. In um, Strong's, in the New Testament, gift can mean a gratuity. You know, sometimes we give something as a, just a, a blessing to a person, like a gratuity, like when you go eat out, how many give your, your, uh, your little tip, a gratuity? Well, 
God gave us Jesus as an added blessing to us because he loves us so much. A gift is also a present. Again, we're familiar with that, especially at this time of year when presents are purchased and given to people. A gift is a sacrifice. We know that God went through a great sacrifice to give his son for us, his only son. We know his heart broke as he saw Jesus mistreated, bruised, and wounded for us, and especially as he took our sins upon him when he went to the cross. Also, a gift can be an offering. God offered his own son for us because he loved us so much because he wanted to buy us back to himself. Well, you know, we must know Jesus, God's gift to us. In Romans 5.15, Paul was talking about the free gift of Jesus. And he says it's not like the offense that Adam brought when he sinned and separated us from God, but that free gift was something special that God gave us. For if by one man's, Adam's offense, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Uh, You never thought about this like this? Adam gave us the free gift of sin. Thank you, Adam. And another gift he gave us also, Adam gave us the gift of death, that we have to die physically. Thank you, Adam, for that. What a sentence to realize someday we have to die in this, to this world, in this body. We also receive from Adam, thank you, Adam, spiritual death and disconnection from God. But thank God through Jesus Christ, the free gift, that we have eternal life, Restored in relationship with God. And when we die, we're going to simply leave this body and be in fellowship with God for eternity. In John 4.14, Jesus said to the woman at the well, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus, the gift of God to us, brings with him other gifts. Ever like getting connected with someone who brings you a gift, but then they bring more gifts? You get a gift of something, and then they give you more gifts. That's kind of like marriage. I got married to Dory, and she gives me all kinds of other gifts, all kinds of other good things she does for me and cares for me. Jesus is like that. He's a good gift, but he brings the Holy Spirit to our lives to enrich and empower our lives and give us more gifts. He wants to pour himself into us to give us spiritual gifts, to give us gifts of God, the gifts of love, the gift of abilities that we don't have on our own. That's what Jesus gives. So when we give attention to the gift of Jesus Christ, we're starting to open up and get, get in that place of positioning ourselves for more of the activity of the Holy Spirit in our life, the goodness of God, the greatness of God in us. The gift of God is... He is. First of all, the gift of God is eternal life. I mean, we don't have to worry about where we're going to go. We have a confidence and a peace of God that when we die, we're going to go to be with Jesus. What a thing we don't have to worry about. Do you know so many people have the fear of death right now, and they're worried what happens to them when they die? We know there's all kinds of other theories out there and philosophies and different religious things, but we know our faith is founded on someone who rose from the dead. That even history identifies that, yes, this happened. Somehow this guy came back from the dead. 
Well, we know him personally because he comes into our heart and we experience him. In Romans 6.23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is grace. How are we saved? By God's grace. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So we don't even have to work. We don't even work for our salvation. It's a gift that God gives us. He loves us so much that he sends Jesus to the cross. And then he just simply says, you have to receive it. Just receive that I went to the cross, that I died for your sins, and my blood was shed to cleanse you from all sin, past, present, and future. And our, all we have to do is walk in relationship with God. And if we're struggling with a certain sin, and humbly submit that, okay, God, I don't have the ability to change this, but you died for me. And you gave me a new life, so here's this thing I want to be rid of. And watch how the Holy Spirit roots it out of your very existence and your experience. Grace, remember always, grace just simply means God's ability in you. God's ability in your life, working in every area. By faith we are saved. It's God's gift to us. God even initiates a faith deposit in us that we start stretching and using so that any situation we're going through we can shift from keeping our eyes on that situation and letting it affect our emotions by having a faith in the promises of God and our promise of how he's going to work in the situation that we're dealing with. The gift of God comes by way of an opportunity of ministry and service. In Numbers 18, 7, to Aaron and his sons, you and your sons with you shall attend to your priesthood for everything at the altar and behind the veil, and you shall serve. I give your priesthood to you as a gift for service. That's pretty incredible that God in the Old Testament, when he was setting up the whole pattern for worship and you know why we attend church today, was about putting people in charge of responsibility so that they could be priests and, and worship God. And we know that was limited to a, a, a certain group, Aaron and his um, and his sons, they were established by Moses through God to do the priesthood, to do all the service. But we know in Jesus Christ that there's this ability that we all take on as Christians and new believers to be priests unto God, to be kings, because we're raised to a new place in his kingdom, and we're raised above our sin nature and above this world to have this intimate relationship with God where we worship God. And what we did today by giving thanks and praise, lifting our hands, singing, we are serving in ministry as priests unto God, giving God the honor and glory due his name. We join heaven's choruses that are constantly going on and bringing worship to God. The awe and adoration that's constantly just um, being given to God from the hearts of those who are there and from uh, the created beings, the angels, is incredible. The atmosphere of worship and the power of God that dwells in worship is overwhelming. And there are moments, and I know you've experienced them, when your soul, when your mind, will, and emotions are at, the, are at that level of your worship where praise and worship rise to a new place and you feel and sense the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life and in your spirit. And that's what we try to do when we gather. We try to lift our, our soul and start off in generating praises to God. But our whole thing is we want to be so caught up in the atmosphere and presence of God that we experience His presence that we connect, connect with that prophetic 
thoughts that God has for us, when we connect with the Word of God and the things that He's saying to us, and we grab hold of the promises that the Holy Spirit brings us so that we can grow and be encouraged in our faith. In uh, Exodus 19.6, it kind of goes what I just said about how it was God's desire that there would be a kingdom of priests. Peter confirmed what God had wanted and was looked forward to back in Exodus in 1 Peter 2.9. And this is what he says about us. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we're called out of our sins. We're called out of going away uh, that we've gone, maybe away of the world or away that are just self-motivated. We're called to accept Christ. We're called to, to go God's way. And so Jesus comes as a gift to live inside of us, and we often find our lives readjusted, and we find ourselves doing new things. The gift of God, Jesus Christ, is multifaceted. How many... You guys are experiencing the multifaceted Jesus. Like he's like a gem. He has so many different uh, uh, shapes and colors to him. And that is part of the gift of Jesus I, wanna, I want you to think about today. That you are to continue to be developing and understanding who Jesus is in your life. That your relationship is so ongoing and it's going to continue all the way through eternity, that we are always going to continue to be seeing new aspects of who Jesus is. It's that gift that's going to keep unfolding and developing in our spirit and in our life. Jesus the gift is the fullness of God in us. In Colossians 2, 8 and 9, the Apostle Paul warns, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ, in this gift that we have, lives all the fullness of the Godhead in human body, so that you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So here we have this gift in us, but yet the fullness of God comes to us through this gift of Jesus Christ, who we've opened the door by faith and received into our hearts. And so that's that part of us that we are continually developing and seeing him. A gift must be received. First John 1 John 1.12, But as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. The right to become through the gift of Jesus is a powerful gift that is unlimited in potential from the moment we receive Jesus Christ. We may go through times where we don't sense his presence, we don't understand what he's doing, but those seasons break through into new seasons where like a whole new spiritual world opens to us. We have whole new feelings going on in our life and we realize God has just moved us in a growth spurt. We've just grown into a new place. We've just grown into another dimension of the activity of God and how he has revealed himself in our life. In 1 John 3, 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. But we know Him. And we're growing in our relationship and knowing Him. We're growing in our understanding of who He is. We're growing in our experience of who He is. You guys know this. How many have ever had a gift, but you don't unwrap it? A gift has to be unwrapped. Have you noticed sometimes gifts are really big? And sometimes they're really heavy. Sometimes they're tied up. 
Sometimes they have packing stream. Sometimes the tape on those new containers are so thick, you, you really have to have a sharp knife to open them. Sometimes that cardboard is incredibly thick and, and just tough to get through. We have to unwrap Jesus, that gift. You know, sometimes we, we start out by just having salvation, but he's got to be unwrapped. There are dimensions and levels and places that we are kind of stuck in until we unwrap the next place and where Jesus wants to work in our life. We unwrap Jesus in prayer because we take time to specifically open our heart, give God our emotions and our understanding. We are building in our relationship with God and we are unwrapping Jesus in our life. Our persistence in prayer and not giving up is developing our faith. By using our faith and believing that Jesus came into our heart when we accepted him, we are generating and developing our faith, and we are learning to understand who that gift is. That's unwrapping that gift. In our pursuit of God, with all the different things that try to discourage us in life, it is our persistence in determining to ask Jesus, reveal yourself to me. I've been excited even this week asking God more. God, I want to see more dynamics and who you are. I want to know more about this gift that has come into my life, really the best gift I've ever unwrapped, the best gift I've ever received. I want to know you in a greater way. What are you doing with the verse from Isaiah 9, 6? Unto you a son was given. Are you unwrapping Jesus the gift? You have to give yourself to him. You know, we initially do that when we accept Christ. But also there seems to be increments that go on in our life where we go through different seasons and then it's like by the grace of God in us, there's something comes over us and we just got to have more of Jesus. We just got to have more of Jesus. <clears throat> and we find ourselves pulling away from all the routine, pulling away from even those things that have brought a level of satisfaction and fulfillment. And we go and we seek God. And I tell you, there's places of surrender. There's places that we meet God and we get on our knees and we surrender things. There's places where we are tired of where we're at and we surrender another area in our life. I think there's those increments. It doesn't seem like we, it's just all a one-time surrender, but it's like, seem like surrender after surrender where we go deeper and deeper with God until we just press in more. And I don't think that stops. And I think that's part of our life here on earth and the showing the growth of God in our lives that we go through those, those plateau times, but they plateaus lead us to another time where we want to know him deeper. The cross keeps us surrendered to Jesus, the gift. In Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Jesus said to all of them, all his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Our self is probably our biggest obstacle to just connecting and receiving and knowing the gift that is in us. And we simply have to come to him and say, you know what? I feel like I have it all together right now. I feel like I could just go and do my life, but I realize I have a gift, and you are the gift. And I want to give you place in my life. And so I humble myself. And I say, God, please lead me. Let me not just go in my own strength, but let me go in humility, 
of how you are leading and how you're opening up and sharing with me what I should do. Today, now, the gift is here for you. In Luke 10, 10 and 11, the angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord.